0: Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm really happy you're here. On the show, we chat all things self-care, self-discovery, and I love to combine the nuance, the details of the astrological birth chart and apply that to self-care practices that you can do every day. And today we're talking about the moon sign and specifically some moon practices that you can adopt as we're shifting into fall, into those colder days, those longer nights, a little bit more darkness. What can you do to enjoy this season? Maybe refresh your practices and really do some deep self-discovery because the moon is all about that. If you are new here, I'm so glad you're tuning in. I am a longtime yoga teacher. I'm a self-care coach. I'm an astrologer and I am just coming off of three months of just luxurious maternity leave with my third daughter. I'm so happy to be returning to this work and I wanted to reintroduce some of these topics of cosmic self-care and how you can work with this, you know, this energy that we're in at the moment, but also how you can work with the energy of your specific birth chart so if you are brand new at astrology and you want to look up your birth chart there's so many ways that you can do that i always recommend channy nicholas her she's an astrologer she's a canadian queer amazing astrologer who has um, a website at which you can pull your charts ChannyNicholas.com. you can also pull it from uh, cafe astrology if you've got different apps those work great Once you've got your birth chart, we're going to look at a few different placements. Last week, we talked about the sun sign and how that provides you with energy, looking to self-care practices that energize you. Today, we're tapping into the moon and the moon is more of that deeper layer of who you are. So if the sun is who you are in the light, when you're shining bright, when you're energized, when you're, you know, you're in your magnetism, the moon is deeper. It's who you are in the dark. It's who you are as people get to know you, as you let down your guard, as you feel the feels. And truth be known, you might not even be super familiar with your deeper layer yet. And that's why we get to use some of the moon practices to find out who is that? Who are you? Who are you when you are feeling safe? when you're feeling like you can truly be yourself and, and get down into the subconscious, get down into those inner childs, those deeper layers of who you are. So I'm going to break down the moon practices into the elements because they're so helpful as we think about how our emotions come through. So once you know your moon sign, you've looked up your astrological birth chart chart, and you pull up your moon sign, you'll see whether it is a air sign, earth, water, or fire. And I'll talk through each of those. Know that your moon sign is just one piece of the chart. And it's a super important part, but there might be other elements playing into your chart as well. Say you have a very dominant fire load in your chart, and you just have one earth moon. That's helpful to know. So these all might be helpful to try on. But to start, if you're new to this practice, look at the element of your moon sign and try on these practices. So let's start with fire fire in the moon often feels those emotions or those those feelings, those deeper layers of, I'll say the word feelings a lot. So just know that it sounds a little repetitive. Those feelings come through really fast and furious, right? So that, sometimes fire signs in the moon can feel bad about that. Like their visceral reaction is somehow a bad thing. And yes, we can't necessarily throw a temper tantrum all the time, but those initial reactions that come up can be really helpful in understanding, you know, what is that deeper layer of who you are? What is the flavor of who you are? What can you find out about yourself so that you can work with that? You can heal that part of yourself. So fire signs take a moment and do some observation. Maybe it's at the end of the day of those first emotions that come through when you interact with some sort of challenge. Maybe it's even in the moment. If you can take a second, you have one of those like visceral reactions to something, jot it down, grab your, your, your notes in your phone and, you know, Note what it is that you felt. I feel this sometimes or notice this when, say, like one of my children is really triggering me in that moment. Like, what is that initial reaction? Is it anger? Is it frustration? And then I can go back at the end of the day and I can work with that and I can say, like, oh, wow, I'm still feeling a lot of frustration in these particular scenarios. Or, oh, I really have some anger here. And I can work to meditate and kind of ease that journal on and understand where it's coming from. And sometimes it's not even from that particular incident. But knowing that those visceral reactions, those just quick, fast, and furious that come through, that can be worked with. And that can be such an interesting point of self-study If you are really heavy in fire, you have a fire sign in your moon. Let's talk about air. Air is all about intellect. Air is about those ideas. It's about thoughts. And in the moon, this can be, in a negative expression, this can be overthinking things, taking too much time to go back and forth with whatever it is you are grappling with. So if you have air in the moon, Give yourself a container to really think. And, and go through those worries and go through that back and forth. And when I say a container, I mean, maybe it's a walk where you just go out and you think and you just work through those thoughts. Maybe it's a worry hour. I learned that from a past guest, Emily Anhalt, who was amazing about how you can give yourself, you know, maybe not a full hour, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes where you just worry and you just let it out. And then when those worries pop out at other times of the day, you let them go and you say, you know what, That's, this isn't the time for this. You know, air is so smart, it has all these ideas, but the shadow expression of air and the moon, again, is that overthinking, is those thoughts, that chitta vritti, which we use in yoga, that term of constant thoughts coming through. And frankly, we don't have time for all of that. We got other stuff to do. So give yourself a container for those thoughts, for those worries, and then when they pop up at other times, let them go, you don't have to dwell. Water, if you are a water moon, the practice of emptying is so therapeutic. Of your emotions are real, and yet people tell you it's not okay to cry or it's not okay to take some time to be sad or to be happy. You know, whatever emotions you're working through, give yourself the time and space to truly let them out. Don't cut that off. There's so much there. Letting down your guard water signs can be hard, but go ahead and do it. Maybe it's taking some time in the evening where you are just in your feels. You listen to some sad music. Maybe you're not sad. Maybe you listen to happy music. But more often than not, it's like we're working through something, we wanna process it. So listen to the sad music and just like give yourself a good cry, empty that out, and then walk away feeling lighter, feeling refreshed, working out and letting those emotions flow. And when I say working out, I mean literally, like move your body, you know, do a hard workout. We it triggers those hormones in the body and allows us to release. So I'm I'm a water sun and I often feel this can be a really energizing practice as well to just empty out, give myself some space and I do that by hopping on the bike and biking super hard and just like literally feeling the emotions coming through like if you are a Peloton rider and you cry on the bike like me like you know. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, but it feels so good to empty out. Maybe it's journaling. maybe it's just writing all the things, you know stream of consciousness writing, letting out any thoughts that you've been holding in. So water moons emptying. This is the practice. literally empty out that water. And you might even notice as well that some of these emotions aren't even your own. they're other people's and that you've picked up on them and you can you can let that go. Maybe it's in the bath. final note. love a good good water, um, end of day practice of ritualistic bath more on that. Earth, if you are an earth moon, your emotions, your deeper layers are a little bit harder to access. You have that guard. I always think of it as a mountain. You have a mountain sitting on top of your subconscious. And while you can definitely access it, it just takes a little bit extra work. And so there's so many great practices for accessing your subconscious, accessing maybe memories or those feelings that you've been repressing. Things like hypnosis, like meditation, talking with someone that you trust, giving yourself some time to really dig it out. That is one of the best ways to self-study earth. You know, you are a force. You have that fortress and you hold so many of us together by you know, being that strong grounded figure, but there's times where you need to go and you need to access. What is it that's down there? What's down a little bit deeper? How can I pull it out so that I can either let it go or work with it? Maybe it's a superpower that you've been repressing in some way. So doing the deeper studies, that might feel a little bit weird. You know, meditation always feels a little uncomfortable at first. And once you're in it and once you've been able to sit in that nothingness, just truly just sit with yourself and be, you start to realize, wow, like I released something. I don't even know what it was, but it's it's gone. Or if you do something like hypnosis and you want to access um, a repressed memory or, you know, any sort of feeling, something you just want to get out, it can feel weird. But it, when you're actually there and done and you're on the other side, there's that sense of lightness. And that's what we're going for here. Earth moons. I'm an earth moon. I have a Capricorn moon. And so I feel this on a deep level. Like I'm always second guessing my, the things that come up when I do actually access some of those feelings and I try to make sense of it. And then I realize no, like what I, what's down there is what's down there. And that's, it is what it is. And so I can let it go and I can find my blocks. Let me give an example of this because I think it's kind of, you know, it it's hard to know if like, am I actually getting there? So as a mother, I struggle often with mom guilt and I talk about that and I help other moms in this area as well, but it's hard. It's hard to overcome. And I didn't even realize that I was still working through it um, until I came back to the newborn phase. So I've been back in this stage of having a tiny one and then that constant self-doubt, that constant mom guilt creeps up. And what I've been able to do is do a little bit of hypnosis and re-access it, that self-guilt or self-doubt and mom guilt has like a physical form. So I go and I visualize that heaviness of mom guilt as like a mist. And I know that sounds really weird, but I I literally think of the mist as lifting up and off of my body so that I have that that less fogginess. I have more freedom to move. So that's just an example, a quick example of how I work with it. Maybe you do meditation or visualization or some hypnosis work and you're able to work on it in a different way. But just know that there's a little bit of digging when you have earth and the moon. You got to go and access those, those subconscious thoughts and emotions. Okay, so those are the four elements as it relates to the moon and know that, you know, any of these will work for you. Maybe another practice, you know, that isn't your element in the moon sounds great and you want to try that on. Remember that all practices, all self-care practices can change and evolve. And I did an episode, um, a few episodes back on five tips for starting new practices. So if you want to revisit that, if you're starting something new this fall and you want to try things on, remember these five Little tips, but mostly that these move, they ebb and flow, and you might try something one day and be like, yeah, you know what, this was great, and then a couple months later, it changes, and that's why the seasons are so helpful. So I want to talk about evening routines. I've gotten that question a bit lately around evening routines as we've changed into the fall. So the fall is one of the best times to listen to your body. Listen to what it's telling you about rest. This summer, we're going hard. We're having fun. We're energizing through joy. We're truly in the light. And as we shift into fall and eventually into winter, we're able to listen to our body asking for more rest, right? Our circadian rhythm, this ability to link up with the sun and figure out when to sleep and when to be awake, it changes as the sun isn't out as much. So paying attention to when you want to rest, you know, what does, what time does it feel good to start slowing down? So some quick tips on tapping into your evening routine, especially in the fall, the first is actually it starts in the morning, is to get outside within the first 20 minutes of waking up. And I say this all the time, but I saw this happen happen in action this summer with my newborn Stella. So when she was born, obviously they're all confused about day and night. And every morning we would get up right when it was morning for me around six o'clock, we would get outside and we get her sunlight and her days and nights switched so fast. She knew what those were within about a week of being born, which is Really fast. And she's been an amazing sleeper since. And I truly believe it's because we linked up her circadian rhythm to the sun, to when the sun was rising. So if you can get outside within the first 20 minutes of waking up, if you are someone who gets up before the sun, turn on all your lights, turn on as many lights as possible. And then once that sun starts to rise, get outside, grab your cup of coffee, sit outside if you can. I know there's a million excuses why that might not work for you. And That's totally fine. There's other ways to tap into your body's circadian rhythm. But if you can, if you can get up in the morning and get that sunlight, it will make such a difference. Another thing to do in the morning that will help with your evening routine is to move your body in some way. It can be just a gentle yoga flow, it can be a short walk. I will literally just like grab, I have these just hand weights that are by the coffee machine, and I'll do some bicep curls as I'm making my coffee. These are so simple things, but they get your body thinking about waking up and that cortisol rising, like truly this is the time where we want to be energized. And then the final thing in the morning that can help with your evening routine is a cold shower or some sort of cold therapy. I love a cold blast. So I'll take a hot shower, especially if I'm going to like wash my hair or do like all the things in the shower, I'll blast myself with a freezing cold shower for about, I count to a (laughs) hundred And what it does is it gets that cortisol up in the morning. It really does wake you up so that you know, this is the time where I'm energized. This is where I have the most, you know, hormones in my body to feel awake. And then as you move into that evening routine and that melatonin starts to hit hit in at the end of the night, because you've timed it in a way where you're actually, you know, getting those sleepy hormones at night, you're ready to wind down. So let's talk through evening routine. I did a whole episode on this. Again, to go back to the show notes to see that episode. We did specific practices for each sign for your evening routine. But in general, starting a routine can be so simple. Simple as turning off your lights at, you know, say, I we started this at about 6 o'clock. Like after we've eaten dinner, we turn off the lights in the house. And like, yeah, it's still light out. So it's, you know, we can able, we're able to see. But just not any of the artificial light. Taking a bath. If you could take a bath at the end of the day and allow your body to warm up and then cool down, it actually makes you sleepy. We were talking through some energetic practices earlier. You know, throw some, some Himalayan salt in your bath and literally cleanse your body, your auric field from all the things that you picked up on that that day. Let it go. Wash yourself. And then when you come out, you're starting to feel sleepy. You're starting to feel ready for bed. Reading. Reading before bed. So helpful. Grab a book. I have a Kindle. I, I know that's artificial light, but it's, it's not super aggressive. So like if you can grab a real book, great. If not, grab your Kindle, try not to use your phone. Cause that is hard on, you know, with all the blue light and, and give yourself some time to just get cozy, read a book. I've been just like loving all these books by Colleen Hoover. I've talked about that. The book I mentioned last week is, um, it ends with us. If you haven't read that yet, Oh my gosh, this was the book that like put her on the map. I didn't even know that. It was so good. It's kind of sad. So just like a heads up, but so, so good. Side note, <laughs> grab some of your favorite books, snuggle up, get into your bed and start to wind down. Tell your body it's time to relax. Maybe you read for a couple hours. That's totally fine. If you have that luxury, if not, um, give yourself 15 minutes. Maybe you fall asleep while you're reading. A lot of people say that they do that too. That's great. And then finally, it's that, that boundary of what you let in at the end of the day. So avoiding conversations that are super heavy, you know, with your partner, super stress inducing, you know, avoid looking at your phone because that is stress inducing. Um, Can you give yourself some time from when you put your kids down to when you go to bed yourself? Because frankly, for me, bedtime is very stressful. (laughs) It's like, Gets to bed, everybody, you know, it gets, it brings that cortisol up. So I try to give myself some space, even though I like literally collapse after I put them to bed. I try to give myself that time to wind down my own routines. You know, everybody, we are cyclical beings. And this time of the year, if you are, you know, where I'm in the U S you start to feel this shift and It's so beautiful to honor the seasons, to honor what your body is telling you. So if there's other things that you like to do in the evening, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to chat more about your practices and share that with the audience. But those are just a few to start. A few self-discovery practices as well. If you want to get super detailed and look at your chart specifically, be sure to book a Cosmic Self-Care one-on-one with me, and we'll look at your birth chart. We'll look at your lifestyle. We'll look at your practices, and we'll come up with a specific plan, things that you can do that are so personalized to you, that self-care for you. Again, hopefully clear out some of that clutter, some of the noise of the things that you quote unquote should be doing, and rather the things that really fill up your cup. Next week, we're going to talk about how to motivate yourself. We're talking about Mars. We'll apply that to the fall, some of the things that you can do during this season. If you're not already following us on Instagram, the show is at Yoga Magic Podcast, and I'm at Ashley.Sondergaard. We'll be back again next week and then back to some awesome interviews starting the following week after that as I'm returning from maternity leave. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. I'm so, so grateful.